Well, hey again, everyone. Um, we're going to continue our series, uh, jumping into the one another series that we've been going through. And I just want to say right at the start that there's going to be a ton of overlap through whichever topic we look at, whether, and they need to live together, really, whether that's love, acceptance, honor, forgiveness, encouragement, uh, as we confess our sins to each other, as we uh, teach and admonish, as we correct, whatever it is, they have to come through the same lens and heart motive, if you like. So, so all these one another's live, live together. Now, the, the vision for our lives is Jesus. We know that. We, we le- some of you learned that in Sunday school. You learn it in kids' kids clubs and kids' church and stuff like that. What is the answer, everyone? Jesus. He's always the answer. But the vision for our lives, we need to remember it's Jesus. It's simply Jesus, that our lives look more and more like his. You know, that is the goal of, of sanctification, this transformation uh, process that we're taken, the Bible says, from glory to glory, or one stage to the next stage to the next stage, that we look, sound, and live like him. So that's the whole goal of these one another uh, topics, this one another series, that we would live and love like Jesus. So let's look today at being at peace with one another. That's what we're looking at. And this first one another statement in the New Testament is actually the words of Jesus himself, which is pretty cool, right? Uh, we find it in Mark chapter 9. I'm not going to put it up on the screen or, or read it out, but it's Mark chapter 9, and it's verse 50. Towards the end of this dialogue that Jesus has been having with, with onlookers and some of his disciples and people listening in, he's talking about how to eradicate sin from from life, from your life. And, and right at the end of verse 50 in chapter 9, he says, oh, and be at peace with each other. Be at peace with each other. It's a powerful statement, right? You know, we belong to a king and a kingdom that is defined like this, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That, that's how we define the kingdom of heaven, righteousness, peace, and joy. And this is very different, isn't it, than the world and the kingdom that we're currently living on, on earth. Uh, you know, just think of what's currently happening right now. And I'm sure you'd agree that the world needs peace, man, like, like never before. It's always needed peace. It needs harmony and peace. There, there's confusion. There's, there's hatred. There's division at every turn, there's hostility, there's anxiety, there's, there's wars breaking out all over the place. And currently now, going on right now, wars, wars that have been happening for centuries. The world needs peace. And ultimately, this all comes down to the brokenness of the human heart, the condition of the human heart. Do you know, friends, we get to model something completely different to the world we live in. We, we get to model a, a completely different way of being a human being, a different humanity. We are a people of new creation. We get to express something of newness and the purposes of God on the earth. You know, where there is hostility and hatred, we get to bring something completely different. We bring peace where there's hostility. And friends, I want to say this right at the start, that it's got to start here with us in the house of God in the community of God, in the family of God, in the church. We have to see peace reign in the church first. We get to model something in our house, in the family, and the world looks in and says, man, that's a different way of doing life. 
That's definitely what my experience was. When I first encountered a group of Christians, when I first came to a church and got involved in a church without any church background, I saw a different way of doing life. And that's what we get to model. You know, we have to make sure our own house is in order. Let's use that phrase. We have to make sure our own house is in order first before we've got anything to carry to the world around us. You know, whatever we want to see in in our family, in our friends and people groups and neighborhoods and communities, whatever we want to see out there, we have to expect to see in here first. We have to contend for it. You know, we cannot give away what we don't have. That's not just a glib, catchy slogan, but we can't. It's true. We cannot give to the world what we don't currently own as our own. You know, you hear it say, practice what you preach. I want to flip that on its head and say, we need to preach what we're practicing. We've only got a message to the world what we're living in ourselves. We need to preach to the world what we're practicing ourselves. So we've got to fight for it, friends. You know, I had this crazy illusion. Humor me for a minute. I had this crazy illusion and dream when I was first saved that the church would be this forever tranquil, peaceful, harmonious environment. How could it not be, right? We love Jesus. Jesus loves us. We love one another. So we're just going to float around in this nice, fluffy, warm bubble. That's not quite how it works out, is it? We're, we're people, and where people are, there's often problems and brokenness and fractured relationships. Do you know, if I'm honest, I think within the church, I've experienced some of the weirdest things, not necessarily this church, but as my time, almost 20 years as a follower of Jesus, I've experienced the weirdest things with his people. I've had some of the most awkward and difficult and tense relationships within the church. Do you know, often what we read in here, what we read in scripture, the desire for the church, these one another's, that's what it's all about, that there would be tranquility and peace and harmony and encouragement doesn't often compute in our lives. Now, that doesn't mean it's not true. That is God's intention. I believe with all my heart that that's what Jesus is building on the earth. He wants the church to be harmonious and peaceful and tranquil and unified. And he's working on us moment by moment. He is perfecting his bride, the church, but he's working with us. And you know what? We need to take personal, individual responsibility to say, you know, as far as it depends on San, as far as it depends on me, I'm going to do all I can to bring health to his body because that's how important it is. You know, there's this great quote by Sean Bowles. He said this. He said, this is how you define Christian maturity. He said, Christian maturity looks like this. It's a person that is no longer at war with themselves or the world around them. Oh, man, that's... When I first read that, I was like, oh dear, I'm often at war with myself and the world around me. But maturity, growing in Jesus, becoming more Christ-like looks like this. Man, I'm no longer at war with myself and I'm no longer at war with you. Peace, be at peace with each other. This is just by way of introduction. We're going to move on a little bit. There's um, a key text I want to read from now from Ephesians 2. If you have a Bible with you, uh, turn to it, Ephesians 2. It will come up on the screen as well. Ephesians 2, 14 to 22. I'm, I'm reading for the, from the NIV. We need to understand, friends, where our peace comes from. This is the point. We don't just, just rustle it up or wish it up or pray it up. Where does peace come from? It says here, 
For he, this is Jesus, for he himself is our peace. And it's him who made the two groups one. And he has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with all its commands and regulations, his purpose was this, to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those that were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become this holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become the dwelling place where God lives by his spirit. This is just so beautiful. Look at the picture that it paints. Look at this. Jesus is our peace. So when we're talking about being at peace with each other, we need to understand where our peace comes from, the source. And it's Jesus. The Bible calls him the Prince of Peace. I love that. The Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, talking about Jesus, there will be no end. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And then it says, he smashes the dividing wall of hostility. <laughs> this is precious. At the cross, Jesus tears down hostility at every turn. Dividing walls that have separated people and continue to separate people today. Race, culture, class, gender. That In the heart of Jesus, he's saying, man, not on my watch. I'm going to pull down these strongholds. I'm going to pull down these, these barriers, these fences, these walls of hostility. And at the cross, he removes them. Race, culture, gender, class. It's beautiful. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. There's a beautiful text of unity right there, oneness, equality. Neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, we are one in Christ. We need to understand this when we're talking about peace, the depth of where it comes from. Do you know, through the cross, it says we've been reconciled to God and to one another. This word reconciliation means two separate things that have been brought back together in harmony. We've been brought back together, joined together. There's a wholeness and a completeness that has happened with, individual, with us and God and us and each other. It's beautiful. You know, Jesus came to undo the works of evil. He came to undo the works of the enemy, the evil one, who looks to divide and conquer, who looks to separate and divide and build walls of hostility. He came to steal, kill and destroy but of Jesus, we know he came to give life and life in abundance. So he came to undo like a, like a thread. He's just pulled out of the enemy's schemes and everything falls down. And his goodness comes. You know, anything less of restoration, reconciliation and complete wholeness and completeness limits the gospel of Christ and what Jesus won for us at the cross. I love what it says here in Ephesians 2.17. He preached peace to those that were far away. That's us. 
the Gentiles, if you like, and he preached peace to those that were near. This word peace, shalom, is wholeness, it's welfare, it's goodness, it's healing, it's, it, it, man, it's completeness. This is what he preaches to us. This is what he draws us into. So we are now included into the very people of God that he first chose. You and I, friends, the church, the body, the family of God, we're now the people of God. And I love, it says, no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens. I, I don't know where you find yourself I don't know what life looks like for you, but whether you're on your own right now, listening, whether you're with people, whatever you're doing, I want you to know that if you're in Jesus, you are a citizen of heaven. You're a citizen of the family of God, and Jesus is the head of this family. It's beautiful. One new people, one new tribe, a people of new creation, a new order, and he has joined us together in this unity, brick by brick, person by person, Wonderful vibrancy, difference, color, flair, preference, style. But together we're being built together with one central heartbeat, one central blood system, bloodstream, the blood of Jesus, one mind that is the mind of Christ, and we are one in him. Oh, and it, that's not good enough. And it says we are now the place where his presence dwells. You see, we're the house where he lives by spirit says right at the end here that's why it's important ephesians 4 3 says this is why it's important to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace this is why it's so crucial this isn't just like oh it's another topic let there keep peace when you can it says make every effort to keep unity of the spirit through the bond of peace so peace is the key glue in keeping a unity in the spirit. It's powerful. That's why it's important. Peace is powerful. Just want to move on to figure out how we do this, how we actually do this. In, in Matthew, uh, the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, Jesus says this, Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the cheesemakers. If any of you are referring to Monty Python right now, not blessed are the cheesemakers, although if you make cheese, be blessed. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. We're encouraged by Jesus to be peacemakers. Just beautiful. And part of the origin of this phrase, peacemaker, obviously means to make, but it means to do or to create, to construct to build, to fashion, to form. So it's an active phrase. It's an active thought. It's not passive. We don't, we don't pray. We do pray, sorry. But we don't just sit and pray to be a peacemaker and expect it to happen. We don't wait for someone else. This means, no, I'm going to take responsibility to make peace, to be peace, to do peace, to construct peace wherever I go. I guess we can look at our lives a bit like being a builder. So what do builders do? This isn't rocket science. They make things. They make things from scratch. Often, though, they fix things that are damaged. They fix things that are broken, that have worn away, that have uh, rotted away at times. Sometimes they make extensions of things that need to be in place for 
for greater experiences in life or to, to fill a house in a different way. So they fix, they restore, they construct, they make new, they repair, they tear down things of old and things that aren't great. So we can look at our lives, here we go, cheesy 101, as kingdom builders, as Jesus builders. I can be a builder for Jesus. And for this, we need to be deli deliberate. We need to live, live with purpose. Listen to this great quote from John F. Kennedy. He said, peace is daily, it's weekly, it's monthly, and it's a process where gradually we change opinions, slowly eroding old barriers and quietly building new structures. I love that. Peace is a process and it's daily and it's weekly and it's monthly and it's to set your mind to something, to do something, and it's about quietly building new structures. Sometimes you've got to do it forcefully, I guess, but... Often it's about just quietly building new structures, just new structures, just quietly building new structures. And what are these new structures? Well, friends, it's, it's anything that would look to tear down division and hostility and tension and threat. So where there is division, where there is annoyance, where there is things of hostility, we get to build new structures that look like humility, maybe new structures of kindness, maybe a new structure of gentleness. We often think these could be weak things. These are very powerful, strong, godly things. Humility, kindness, gentleness. Maybe a new structure is patience. We bear with and we're gonna, we look at that, we, we, we are patient with each other. Maybe a new structure of forgiveness. But around it all, the structures of love, these are the new structures that we're building. And you and I get to build, we get to build these structures. We get to build the structures of peace wherever we go because we carry the Prince of Peace. Seeing people brought back together, connected together in perfect harmony. Blessed are the peacemakers, those that bring the shalom, the wholeness, the completeness, the welfare, the goodness of God wherever they go. Blessed are you if you do that. This is what we're looking to actively build in the church, in each other's lives, the goodness, the completeness. But it's for a purpose that we build in the house, in our home, and then we build in the world. We take it from our home and we build it in our streets and our communities and our cities and towns and villages and neighborhoods and families and friends and unis and schools and shops. Wherever we go, we're building new structures for the kingdom. Peace, goodness, wholeness, kindness, forgiveness, love. You're a kingdom builder. You're a peacemaker, a peace bringer. So where there's division, bad feeling, we bring peace. Where there's damage and fractured relationships, we get to bring peace. Where there's hostility, we build in peace. You know, it's really important that we know what we have in our hands what we have in our toolkit. A builder would never turn up on a uh, campsite, uh, a building site or a campsite, never turn up on a building site without tools, without the right tools for a job. In their van, on the site, in their toolkit, they need to know what they have. And you know what? You and I, friends, we have the best tools on the planet. Christ in us is the hope of glory. 
That means Christ in us is the hope for everyone around us. Christ in you, friend, is the hope for your marriage. If there's tension there, Christ in you is the hope for that difficult relationship. Christ in me is the hope for any hostility that lives in my life. Christ in us is the hope. The same spirit that raised Jesus from death now lives and abides and dwells in me and in you. And we get to carry his presence, the presence of Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God himself. We are carriers of his presence. That's the tools we have. God. We get to just carry God. We get to build God into each other's lives. I love this prayer from Francis of Assisi. And as I say it, some of you are going to start humming or singing the tune. But he said, part of this prayer is, make me a channel of your peace, Lord. That's beautiful, isn't it? Make me a channel of your peace. Make me a channel of your peace. Just briefly, uh, here's some things that are going to help us be, I, I believe, fruitful in our lives, fruitful peacemakers, thoughtful peacemakers, and intentional peacemakers, if you like. It's important to know how to think. It's really important that it starts in our minds. How we think is crucial here. It doesn't just happen. Our mind is a battleground, and it's important uh, that we, we, we let our mind dwell on healthy things. It's important what we think about. It's important how we see people, how we see situations and circumstances, whether it's hopeless or we see it with hope, whether we see people through the lens and the mind of Jesus. That's how we need to look at each other as Jesus would see each other. But it's important it starts in our mind. It's a battleground. Scripture says that if there are negative thoughts, negative thinking, take these thoughts captive and make them obedient to Jesus. In our minds, take them captive. Also in Philippians, it says it's important to set our minds on things above, where Jesus is seated and we're hidden with him. Philippians says, think about stuff that is so important, good, pure, lovely, admirable. Dwell on these things. This quote by a lady called Louise Hay. Not sure whether she's a believer. She was a motivational writer and speaker. She said, no person, no place, and no thing has any power over us, for we are the only thinkers in our mind. I love that. When we create peace and harmony and believe in our minds, we see it in our lives. Man, I think that's kind of godly, right? What we want to see in our lives starts in our minds. What we think, how we dwell, what we dwell on will actually come out in our lives. So it's important to, to think well. Also, to how we speak, and this is so connected, to be a peacemaker means just to be careful with our mouths, with our tongues. It's really important. It's so easy. I find it so easy just to let a little gossipful word slip out here and there, a little bit of slander, some negative talk, some trash talk, whatever it is. We just kind of vomit it up. We can puke it out at times because it makes us feel better, but it doesn't help. It's really important that we watch what we say, when we say it, how we say it. Keeping peace sometimes means saying nothing, curbing it, zipping it, shtum. It says of Jesus in Isaiah 53, and he's the king of glory, man, that died for us. said he was like a lamb that led, was led to the slaughter and he remained silent. 
he remains silent. James 3 talks about the tongue, this small little thing in our mouth, but it's like a huge rudder that's like a rudder that steers our lives. And it has the power to bring life or death, speak good and evil. With the same tongue, we bless the Lord and curse people. We've got to be careful how we speak. Peacemakers, peace builders, kingdom builders speak well of people. And lastly, how we live. Now, this is obvious. Christianity 101, but it's important. Jesus in John 15 encouraged us to stay with him, stay close with him, walk in step, abide, remain, stay with Jesus, because apart from him, we can do nothing. But staying, abiding, remaining with Jesus, he says you're not only going to bear fruit, but it's going to be fruit that will be lasting, delicious. It'll be good, good fruit. Galatians 5, similarly, Paul says, this encouragement, walk in step with the Spirit. We're a people of the Spirit, so walk in step with the Spirit, step by step with the Holy Spirit. And as we do, fruit will be in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, etc. Peace is the fruit as we walk with God, transforming us, but it's important that we walk in step with Him. You know, as we walk with God, we can expect some incredible fruit and it's life transformation in our lives, in the body of Christ and to the world around us. As a builder expects fruit for their labor, it would be ridiculous if not. That's the same for our lives. As we're intentional, we can expect beautiful, brilliant, wonderful, life transforming fruit. There's fruit for our labor. James 3.18 says, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Peacemaker, if you sow in peace, you're going to reap a harvest of righteousness. Okay, as we, as we close, as I close, I want to I ask us some questions as a bit of a life check, a life application, whatever you want to deem it, call it. Let's just be open to Holy Spirit right now speaking to us. Let me ask us together these questions. Are there any areas of tension and hostility in our lives? Just take a moment to think. Is there anyone that we're currently at war with, maybe physically, emotionally, mentally, that we feel, man, there's just such a war going on relationally? Is there division with any relationships that you're currently living in that you've not dealt with. Maybe they go back, they're historic, they go back for years. Is there anything you've not dealt with? Why don't you just be open right now in your front room, in the kitchen, in the butt, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, and just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Speak to my mind, like speak to my heart. Reveal any areas, any areas of tension and hostility. And now I want to ask, how can you actively be a kingdom builder? How can you be deliberate in being a peacemaker in your life? In your life, you've got one life and it's yours to steward. Who can you bring peace to? Who can you bring harmony to? Who can you bring kindness and goodness and whatever it might be? Who can you look to build the goodness of God into? Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ 
rule in your hearts, since of members of one body you were called to peace. And let's be thankful. Friends, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, since as members of one body we've been called to peace. Let's be thankful. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray, I want to take the prayer of Francis of Assisi and we, I want to speak this over my family, over me and over this community. Make us a channel of your peace. Make us a channel of your peace. Why don't you pray that yourself? Make me a channel of your peace. Lord, help us be kingdom builders wherever we go. Help us be peacemakers wherever we go. Help us connect to the source, which is you, Jesus. Help us take responsibility. Help us live in peace. Help us fight for peace. Help us contend for peace. And I pray for peace to rule in our hearts in this community, that it would transform not only us, but the world around us, the lives around us, the families around us, the communities around us, to the glory of your name, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless you, friends. I hope you're well. Can't see you, but I hope you're well. Um, have a great rest of day. And if you'd like to receive prayer for anything, or if you just want to hear what God wants to tell you, we have a brilliant prayer ministry team that are willing, eager, and ready to pray for you. It's going to be on the Zoom link. The link will be in the description that you can check into. Give them a few minutes just to get the team together. Um, jump on that Zoom link and get some prayer for whatever that might be. Other than that, Vine Life Church family, anyone else listening in, love you guys. Have a great week and see you soon.